NHR the podcast with Junior and Pat. Hello, Pat, and hello, NEI Hoops Nation. Uh, man, I, I tell you what, uh, I think we left last episode, and uh, Pat and I, and, and I believe Pat, I mentioned that it's going to be tough to top uh, last week with the six buzzer beaters, but uh, <laughs> we're coming up yeah. another unbelievable week. Um, you know, we, we had triple doubles. We had game winners again this week. We had uh, some big-time performances. Um, and then, you know, a player that, that I've been raving on for the last uh, two years, he, he's in his super sophomore, or super freshman campaign uh, right now is Miles Corey. And Miles Corey did his uh, best Vince Carter impersonation, <laughs> and he jumped over top of a kid. I should have looked up to see how tall he was, but he, he was a post player, and he went over the top of him to get a dunk and and. You can shut down the talk for for dunk of the year, Pat, because yeah, that yeah. dunk is off the charts. And when in doubt, get out of the way. <laughs> when, when in doubt, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let that happen to you. You're either gonna you're either gonna have a hard foul or you're gonna get out of the way, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. And chances are, it's probably gonna get out of the way. A little LA defense <laughs> never hurt anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but Be no. Careful. Yeah, no, I, I just, uh, you know, he, he's been, he's been a, a, a player that stood out uh, last year and in the craziness that went on, um, you know, William Jessup ended up playing several Division ones uh, last year, um, and uh, they, they uh, you know, the West Coast had, had a lot more issues with COVID and, and COVID ro- rules and protocols, um, so I remember watching him last year, I actually seen him in the stat in the box scores a couple times early, and I was like, "Hey, this, this freshman kid's pretty good. You know, he's put up some good numbers, uh, having some good games against the Division ones." Uh, so I decided to go and watch uh, him play, uh, or not w- go and watch him play, but I, instead of go online to watch him play against the Division one uh, last year, and I believe he had like 18 in that game. And, and I was I've been enamored with him since. Uh, one of my favorite players in the country, just a freshman. Um, you know, like I said, second year freshman because of COVID rules, but. Uh, freshman nonetheless and, and he is he is spectacular and, and they that we've talked about this Jessup team a, a lot they, they're they got really good players um Cashman Williams he, you know he's had a, he's had a great week as well um as far as scoring the ball and, and helping them win big games and um but man that dunk I mean it, if he's not on the map if he wasn't on the map beforehand and if people haven't listened to us talk about him for two years he's on the map now right yeah and I I still think it bears repeating that William Jessup, these teams out West, I don't think probably get enough attention, right? And they'll go to the national tournament and they'll surprise people, whether they're winning games or dunking over guys. It's like, you better be ready when this William Jessup team comes because they're going to be coming for you. Yeah. And I, and I watched that GSAC uh, game of the week uh, between them and number 18 hope uh, earlier in the week. And, and I tell you what, those two teams when you talk about national tournament, uh, not just William Jessup, but Hope International is going to make it too. And, and you know, outside of a major, major meltdown, but that's a good team as well. And and one of my other favorite players, and, and we brought him up with, with uh, uh, we brought him up earlier on a couple podcasts. But uh, uh, Joshua Powell Davis, you, you know, he is he's a six six, three hundred and seventy pound <laughs> monster. Uh, just, I mean, he is smooth. He he can really pass the ball. Um, and, and if he catches the ball deep in the post, I mean, you're not stopping him. And he's an All-American for a reason. Um, but probably, you know, I, I threw it out there, and I don't know if he has any willpower to go play football or, or not. But, uh, you know, he looks like a big office alignment out there. And I would think that if, you know, some of these – we saw it last year. Uh, uh, we, we had a Loyola – a kid that actually played at Loyola. Um, and then he left uh, – or he graduated and left after a year. And he played football, and he made the Washington Redskins – or started the Washington football team uh, this past year. And, and same as Reyes and uh, – 
Uh, you know, I don't know if it's in his uh, future, but uh, his big body, man, I love watching him play too because you just don't see a big guy like that, uh, that smooth and that, that nimble on the feet. And, and, man, he is very, very good as well out west. What about you, Pat? What, uh, what stuck out to you this week? No, I think the one thing that really is starting to really stick out to me is St. Francis. And I know we talk about it all the time, but this team simply cannot stop winning, right? And this is a team that was ranked number one early in the season and, and lost a few in a row, but now really, really, really is starting to tear through the Crossroads League. So that's what continues to stick out to me. That's what it, It's incredible what they've done, and, and they're just going to be a scary team from here on out. Well, I'll just jumping in on that uh, a little bit. Uh, there, there's going to be some very, very thankful. They're starting to win games because, uh, yeah, oh, God for them man. be a three or four. You know, God for them be, God forbid them be a three or four seed going into a regional, and you know now they, they're probably a, they're probably a two, maybe even a, sneak into a one, right? Uh, a one seed, and and that's that's more realistic. And and like we talked about, you know, as we start getting closer and closer to the tournament, and we had our first bracketology report come out this this week and i hope everybody got a chance yeah. to read that and we'll get a little bit more deeper into uh, the arc talk here in a little bit but uh here shortly but uh you know just just some of those teams like them and um even even teams that uh you know i i think back to a carroll team last year uh you know carroll's a team that that uh started as a top 20 team in the country uh you know lost some games and uh, didn't start off and have the season they wanted to early on. And then all of a sudden, you know, about this time last year, they started to click uh, and they didn't get, they didn't make their, you know, St. Francis never made, found themselves out of the top 25. But, you know, I think about a team like LSU Shreveport um, down the Red River or, um, you know, some of these other teams that maybe started the year off in the top 25, uh, lost some games early, found themselves out. And now if they can start clicking, you know, and find themselves into that tournament, you know, they're going to be dangerous because they're going to be, you know, I think Carroll, I'd have to look back, and it was a shorter field last year. But uh, you know, they had to play that opening round, and then they went and uh, beat Arizona Christian, and the and the Arizona Christian got a bye uh, to go play in the next round. And so Carroll won their first game, and then went and knocked off Arizona Christian, and then uh, you know made a big run in Kansas City as well. So you know, you see these teams like that this time of year. Um, you know, I don't want to say St. Francis like that because they never really dropped out of top twenty-five, but. Uh, same friends playing some great basketball. And I'm, I'm telling you right now that uh, I don't, I'm not sure anybody wants to play them in the in the tournament coming up here. No, yeah, and we'll get to it later. But I got a massive one coming up this week against Indiana Wesleyan. So yep. it only yeah, gets tougher from here on out. But yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be be another good good week out there as well. So you know, we also had two uh, big big triple doubles this week uh, weekend. Uh, you know, I want to make sure to give a shout for uh, two players we've talked about also a lot on the on the podcast as well to all Americans, you know, it's, it's cool uh, and, and fun, I guess, for, for me, um, you know, you, you usually see triple doubles maybe from a, from a kid that maybe, you know, from a good player, but maybe not a, uh, you know, top 10, top 15 player in the country um, just because the last count reports, you know, take those away. But um, you know, you're talking about two guys that uh, are, are two of the top players in the, in the country. Um, very, very good players, very good programs. Uh, winning a lot of both both programs winning a lot of games, um, and, and both of those guys coming off a big big week. As a matter of fact, uh, Miles Burns almost ended up with a quadruple double, um, <laughs> so you know just a three uh, end up being I think three steals short of that. But uh, just phenomenal p- performances by those two, and, and they they uh, headlined a, a long list of of players this week that were were unbelievable. 
Right, yeah, and I think the most unbelievable thing is Gross is a six foot ten post player who had ten assists, right? And that's not easy to do, and that, and that takes a ton of skill to be able to pass out a post. This is a guy who probably sees double team after double team and, and is just pressured like crazy. And so for him to be able to be under control and pass out of it, it that just speaks to how skilled he is. Yeah, and we we have uh, several uh, scouts that uh, hit us up about players all the time, and. I uh, had had a couple hit us up about him, and he's a guy we've been talking about for a long time with him. And, and uh, you know, he, his shooting ability uh, may may hurt him his his overall level of play. But if he chooses to go, you know, overseas and play or or, or take pro, uh, be a pro player and and take it seriously, man, he's going to be a he is a force. And any scout that is listening to this and and that we've talked to in the past and, and even here in the last couple of days, um, he he's he's a no brainer as a pro. So. Uh, that kid, he's so good, and like you said, just his passing ability makes him so different uh, than than most bigs because you can't double team him because he is such a good passer, and he his IQ is so good um, that he just makes play after play after play, whether it be scoring or for you know for himself or for others, he's just making big play after big play. Yeah, and Pat, I think it's uh, one thing that we should probably talk about here, um, you know, and, and it's a league that we talked talk a little bit about Xavier, and unfortunately, um, I do want to. I don't want to break any news. I, I don't know that I don't want to say one way or another uh, what's going on with Rashawn Mart, but uh, he hasn't played uh, since um, the semester ended. Usually that's not a good sign. Um, I hope that uh, it is not that we I hope we have not seen the end of his career. Um, first team all American. Um, I just gave a big pitch for, for him on the, <laughs> on the Bebo Francis uh, top hundred list and why he got uh, cut, why he should have made that list. And I, unfortunately, um, I have heard a couple of rumors. I don't know. I can't verify that he may be done for the season, unfortunately. Um, just one of the, one of the NEI's best players, two-way players. I think he's a, he's one of the best two-way players um, in the country. And uh, unfortunately, it sounds like we're going to be done with him. But with him out, um, and, and that changes Xavier's, uh, you know, form a little bit, and you've seen them lose a couple games here lately. Uh, but it opens up some, some uh, maybe a spot, to an automatic berth in the uh, Red River. Uh, athletic conference and in a league that we haven't talked a ton about, uh, but they're starting to get going a little bit. They do have undefeated Paul Quinn in that league. Uh, Paul Quinn, unfortunately, is also um, not able to qualify for the national tournament or the or the actual the RRAC tournament either. Uh, any postseason play, um, a team that is playing really well right now out there um, is LSU Alexandria, and they continue to play well. I shouldn't say they're they're playing well now. I mean, this is a team that uh, you know they started the program in 2014-2015. Uh, coach Larry Cordero is going to join us here in a minute. Um, he's been the only coach in program history. He started the program from scratch, and what he's done is, is nothing short of, of miraculous. I mean, he is – they have either won or won a share of the RRAC title, and every year he's been there. Uh, they won three tournament uh, championships. Uh, they played for a national championship. They've been to the the Fab Four. Um, you know, they, they, they're – you know, it's hard to say tradition, and I'll probably say this to Coach too, but – Hard to say a tradition program because they've only been around for for eight seasons now, but the tradition they've built there in that short amount of time is is just so so cool to see. Right, yeah, and I think it obviously starts with the top down, where you have a coach who comes in and establishes a culture, and then gets guys to build upon that culture year after year after year. When I was at Holy Cross, my freshman year was like the third or fourth um, season that the program had been around, so. I, I was fortunate enough to really kind of see the ground level of that program and just where it is now. So obviously um, it takes a ton of time and a ton of really committed people, not just the coach, but administration above him 
Um, so a credit to them. It, it's just awesome to see programs rise so quickly. But yeah, I think uh, we can start stop talking about it. Like, like I always say, Pat, uh, people aren't here to hear us talk. So let's bring Coach on and uh, ask him a few questions here. Start to the, the LSUA program. You know, in, in eight seasons, and you started off, uh, you actually built this program from scratch um, in the 2014-2015 season. Um, and it's just something that is unique because you got to start a program. Pat and I talked a little bit before he came on uh, on the podcast that uh, – you know, it's so cool because you guys have built such a great tradition. And, and traditions usually, you know, when you think tradition, 20, 30 years. Um, but the tradition you built in the last eight years is an amazing, amazing thing. Hey, guys, thanks for having our program here. Uh, like I told our team yesterday before our big home win, it's an honor and a pleasure to, to go to battle with you guys, with the team yesterday and tonight with you guys just talking about LSUA hoops. Yeah, it's been a, a, a short, fast you know, eight years. It's hard to believe we're already in our eighth year. I was talking to my dad today just about that, too. He always tells me the, the days go by slow, but the years go by fast. And just to see former players in the fort, as we call it, where we play our games there on the LSUA's campus, guys like Brian Sylvester and Jordan Williams and Montre Thomas uh, come back to the games and to, ha- to know where all our former assistants are and what they've done. I mean, now we can actually have an alumni day, which we're going to do next uh, this coming Saturday in the fort for one of our home games. So, uh, you know, we're no longer a, a baby, an infant. We, we, we're grown up, and hopefully we can sustain what we started. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, I don't want to put a jinx on anything, but uh, just something you've done, I mean, in eight years, uh, you know, a big week ahead with three games, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I believe. Um, you've, you've built up a little bit of rivalry and, and actually coming off Saturday, you may have started a new rivalry. I know, uh, I know Louisiana Christian's just 15 miles down the road from you guys. Um, but now you turn your, your focus in on Tuesday, um, uh, to, to a team that's been, a uh, uh, you know, a rivalry the last eight years for you guys in LSU Shreveport. Um, and again, I don't want to jinx it, but, uh, you also have a, a big game and a big chance because, and I know, know you and how humble you are and you won't want to talk much about this. So you can focus in on the LSU Shreveport game. But uh, you have a unique chance of uh, getting win number 200 in this game as well. So um, while we'll be sharing you on uh, to get win number 200, uh, you want to talk about a little bit uh, about the week ahead and, and in specific uh, your matchup with Shreveport? I was hoping nobody would mention that. Uh, <laughs> Shreveport, they don't need any more motivation. Those guys are going to come in well coached, very talented as always. Louisiana Christian, you think in football terms, I'm an LSU guy. That's like playing Auburn and and, and the rivalry with Shreveport, it's like LSU, Alabama. It's just, it's a whole nother level. And, and LCU, it'll get to that now that we've started playing those guys in the Red River Conference now. But, you know, LSUA, LSUS doesn't really get any bigger than that. It's right in the middle of a five-game homestand. This is kind of a, a tough stretch. You know, we went it's kind of two extremes. We had two games in 47 days just with COVID cancellations and just the way the schedule fell. And here we are five games in 10 days. Luckily, they're all at the fort. So it's kind of like an NBA playoff series mentality. We're trying to tell our guys, like, we, we, whether you're advancing to the next round or whether you're, you're down 3-1 in a series, like, we've got we've to win each and every one of these because it's going to get rough on the road once we have to pay them back in February and go travel to, to them. So we, we want to continue to defend the fort. And not only do we have a chance to have a milestone 200 win, it's also going to be our 100th 
home game. Uh, win, lose, or draw come Thursday when we play Southwest in the fort. So that's neat, too, that we're getting to a point where we would have won. Uh, my sports information director, Jonathan Zink, keeps feeding me all these numbers. He's great. 93, 90, hopefully it's 94. Hopefully it's 94. But anyway, we're getting to a point where we've, uh, you know, played 100 games. So we've been around for a little while and we've had some success. So uh, but this week is a huge week as we play play Tuesday off Wednesday, play Thursday off Friday, play Saturday against good competition in the Red River, which I don't believe gets enough uh, recognition. Add Xavier, add Louisiana Christian. You know, Ryan Wall does a phenomenal job at Texarkana. Blankenship's been doing unbelievable things in the conference for a while at Shreveport. You know, Southwest has a new coach. Paul Quinn hasn't lost a game all season. You could go on and on and on with Dial at Our Lady of the Lake and how well they're coaching. Houston Tillotson, those guys are always a tough out. Chris Avery at Jarvis. And I'm sure I'm leaving some people off, but, you know, it's just a, a tough conference that doesn't get a, enough recognition. And we'll see what Wiley and Texas College, if those guys, hopefully we can find out that they're going to play. So we got a couple schools that are still in limbo. Before we, before we get into this season, I'm interested to hear, over the course, since you started the program, the program's begun. What do you think has been the most important, consistent thing over the, the course of the eight years? Something I'd that say you've really built upon. Recruiting uh, players and even assistant coaches recruiting there. You know, we don't have the biggest of budgets. People probably see LSU and they assume that we've got, you know, full rides and we've got, you know, our staff is, uh, you know, fully paid. And that's quite the opposite. We've had to overcome a, a lot of, uh, you know, just financial struggles, I guess, if you will, been able to get creative. And, you know, it began with Jay Smith and Casey Petri and Brian Terwilliger, the original staff, and then guys like Kyle Thorne, who was a former player, and Tyler Sobey, who's now an assistant at Shreveport with Devin Jackson, Jimmy Winslow is a local high school coach now. And, and really this strong staff that we've got this year, Tyler Doyle and Jack Philburn, probably our youngest staff that we've had, but uh, a very strong staff. They've been doing an unbelievable job this year, uh, just keeping all things moving forward. And, you know, it just goes to the players and the coaches, I think. And I've been blessed to have unbelievable talent around. Speaking of some of that talent, uh, jumping into some of your players here, um, you know, you got uh, you got two good ones, obviously. You got a lot of good ones, but two of them uh, have really blown up here the last two weeks, um, and, and have, have really led the charge for you guys on, on this little win streak you got going. And AJ Rainey, um, and J- and Jakeman Abney. Hopefully, I said his name right. Um, you can correct it if I'm wrong. But those two have been um, unbelievable. I, I've watched you guys probably I don't even know two out of three or three of your last four games, and um, those two are special. And you, you always have special players, and and you have a have a deep group anyway, but those two, man, they've really led the charge lately. Can you kind of talk about uh, maybe what those two mean in your program and, and, and just your team in general uh, from, a, from a player standpoint? First, if it's okay, guys, I'd like to just credit and shout the NEI Hoops Report, what you guys have done just on Twitter, the, the following that you have and what you've done for our brand of basketball. And, and I don't really ever get into, you know, NEI basketball. We – uh, I'm proud of the NEI and, and all, and, but, you know, we're college basketball, but you guys have just really put us on the map. And uh, we've actually had a Fort Report podcast ourselves. Uh, made me think about that earlier when I was thinking about this, this hoops report. We haven't done that in a couple of years. We've done a, a lot of different things in our program, eight years, but we've kind of had to 
put that thing down. But on to our team, as you asked, A.J. is a phenomenal scorer. We've had eyes on him since he was at H.L. Bourgeois uh, down near Thibodeau, Louisiana. Then he went on to Blend Junior College before he went to Nichols State. So, uh, you know, we know the scoring ability where he can do that in bunches. Uh, he's one of the better ones in, the, in not just the conference but the country. He's probably up there, you know, 23 points a game. Uh, just can do it at all three levels. And, and then Jakeem and Abney, you know, they're, they're, kind of, they're, they're different. You know, one's small and slithery, and, you know, Jakeem and Abney is just like a, just like a sniper and just laser-focused, a gym rat. He just stays in the gym with one of uh, an, another former assistant who's kind of a skills coach, Chaz King, has done a really good job with, with Jakeem and Abney. I mean, Jakeem is just a freshman on paper. I told Jordan Williams, who is our school's all-time leading scorer, I was like, hey, man, Enjoy your the most points in school <laughs> history because Jakeem and Abney, you know, with this COVID year, he might even break it before he gets into that fifth. You know, right now Jordan Williams is kind of our poster child, if you will, of the program. He came in here from high school, and in four years he took us to a national championship game and graduated. Just what every student athlete you want to be about, but Jakeem is following right there in that mold, just with his work ethic. Uh, you know, it's unbelievable just the, the daily grind that he goes on. So happy to see good things happen for him and all his teammates. You know, that's what that's what Jakeeman is. He he asked me the other day to take down a, a Instagram player of the week post. And I said, why? What for? He said, just team related. And I thought that I was like, wow, like just if more players were like that. I mean, he's, he's just all about team and anything individual he doesn't want. So nice. it's good to have players like that in our program. Well, Coach, that's a perfect lead into my question. You all average 17 assists a game. So you talk about unselfish. You talk about team first. I think that speaks right to it. What is it about your offense that allows such great sharing of the ball? We're kind of a, 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 a multi. I mean, there's no one thing that we are. I mean, we have some sets. We like to get up and go in, in transition. Uh, we're really kind of free-flowing. For the most part, we give our guys a lot of freedom, and uh, they just play well off one another. I think our chemistry off the court definitely uh, helps on the court, and we've always been high in points, high in assist, just a, a good brand of basketball. The, the fort has an atmosphere that is exciting. The fans really get our guys going, and we feed off them, so it's really no, no no place like it. And it was neat to see the crowd on Saturday versus Louisiana Christian and even Xavier from that Thursday. We, we hope that we'll build on that for Shreveport. You know, I was kind of concerned with COVID and, and and the crowds. I was like, man, we got to kind of restart from scratch, like just the fan base, our six-man club. But, you know, hopefully uh, we can continue to – to win games, you know, right now we've got one loss uh, on the season. I think we're one of five or six teams in the country with one loss. And teams will, fans will want to come out and support our team the rest of the season with a few remaining home games. Yeah, we I mentioned it uh, last podcast, uh, and you guys having a big week uh, uh, with Xavier coming to town. And I had watched your guys' game against Texas A&M, Texarkana. Texarkana, you know, who's also a relatively new program. Um, and I saw watch that game, and, and the the crowd, you know, was a little down. And I and I know that uh, Louisiana has a little bit stricter 
um, uh, COVID restrictions. So, but I, I mentioned the fact that, you know, the fort and the atmosphere inside it, when it, when it is boom and it is a very, very tough place to play, it's a tough place to play anyway. Uh, but, but when the, it's the, uh, when the crowd's right there on top of you, you guys, if, if I'm not mistaken, you guys have flipped the gym around a little bit, but, uh, um, you know, it's just cool to see the crowd uh, back this week. And, and that place, y- you do have a special place there, Coach. And, and uh, I, there's a lot of special places around the country. But those smaller gyms that, that pack the, the, you know, in there like sardines and get loud, I, 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 don't, I don't want to trade any of those gyms in for the, for the world cause just because of the atmosphere it brings. And you guys, man, <laughs> when the students are all there, I, I don't know if anybody wants to come and play you guys at the fort. Our baseball team's the best. They get over there in that little corner of the section and – Man, they just – they work the opponent uh, to death, really. But you you pay attention. Thanks for recognizing. We actually put the camera on the other side. I gotcha. think that's the only thing that kind of changed. But uh, we've got a great media team. You know, we, you can follow our LSUA Hoops on Twitter, Instagram. We've got a Facebook page. That's something that we were kind of one of the – I don't want to say pioneers, but early in the program in 2014, we, we started that and – like we were one of the uh, better ones, I guess, with our school helping us push that along, just getting that uh, you know brand recognition, LSUA generals. And so if you're out there and you're listening, please uh, give us give us a follow or a like, and you can kind of catch up what's going on on a on a daily uh, daily process with our program. Yeah, and, and uh, coach, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, you guys have a have a saying: uh, bring your A game and. Uh, you do definitely have to bring your A game, especially uh, teams coming to the fort uh, this week. Um, you know, it'll be a, a fun atmosphere, fun three-game stretch uh, this week coming in. Uh, we wish you guys the best of luck. Um, hopefully, we'll see you in Kansas City again this year. And, uh, Coach, uh, thanks for coming on. And, and, again, best of luck to you guys the rest of the season. Yes, sir. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having our generals on air. And thanks for all you guys do. Keep it up the rest of the season and good health to you. You too, Coach. All right. Good luck, Coach. Thank you much. Once again, just a great conversation with a, another uh, NEI coach, one of the best in the country, um, what he's done in, in the first eight seasons of the program. Uh, um, you know, it, I don't want to say it's unmatched because I don't know the history of the NEI, but uh, it's got to be right up there. I mean, when you win uh, a share of, of uh, a conference title, uh, win, win or win a share of a conference title in each of your first seven seasons, um, and then you uh, have played for a national championship already and, and made – several uh, other deep runs national tournament what they've done is just uh, unbelievable and, and we appreciate coach coming on right yeah i don't think people understand how difficult that is to just continue to build and start really at, at the highest level and maintain that that just speaks volumes to the culture he's created and, and how he gets guys to buy in exactly and you know uh they're, they're a team that uh uh you know they're 14th in the in the coaches poll right now and uh, we'll have a new ranking uh, come out this week and uh, with, with several key losses. Um, you know, I don't know where they'll jump to, but you can see them inside the top 10 uh, this year with one loss. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to, you know, jumping into this top 25 here and just looking at it. You know, we, we talked, we've talked several times, Pat, um, and, and we may have a new number one this, this week. And, and I don't know where that'll shape out. Um, I actually heard, uh, the uh, post-game uh, interview uh, with, with Coach Henry at William Penn, you know, he talked about that, you know, they may have, when Loyola lost, they may have a chance to be 
number one. He thought that they would be the worst number one uh, team in the country. So, uh, you know, and, and they, they – That's coach speak right there. That's true coach speak. <laughs> a, a little bit, yeah. And, and they, they aren't playing clean basketball right now. And, and uh, a, a little bit, yeah. And, and they, they aren't playing clean basketball right now. And, and uh, But they're a good program. Uh, you know, they, they've squeaked out a lot of game winners this week. Another one this – uh, on Saturday, again, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I looked at the stats midway through the game, and they were getting beaten about every category possible. So I have no idea how they even won. Uh, I meant to go back and watch. I, I had a list of about four games I want to go watch today uh, uh, to get ready for the top 25 poll, and I haven't made it that one yet. So it's probably going to be a late night for me. But, uh, um, you know, just one of those things that, you know, uh, it'll be interesting what they do with, with William Penn and, and Loyola, you know. And, and something we talked about is, you know, Loyola lost without – Miles Burns is one of the best players in the country. Um, and they, they do have Zach Reitzel, who's, who's a, you know, another All-American. And they have, a, you know, Andrew Fava and, and uh, you know, all those guys over there at Loyola. They're just, they're just very, very talented. But, uh, you know, Miles is a big part of that that uh, team. And, and uh, you know, going to Faulkner without him is, is a big piece, you know. And, and Faulkner's a really tough place to play already. And uh, to be without one of your best players is never, never ideal when you, when you go play a big game on the road. So, um, you know, it's a, it'll be interesting what teams do with them splitting, uh, or I imagine they'll split, uh, votes this week. Um, so just trying to figure out what they'll uh, do, maybe a new team, new number one team in the country. Um, you know, as people, uh, we record this on Sunday and, and our, uh, our top 25 will actually be out Monday morning. So as you're hearing this, uh, you know, look for, look for our top 25 that'll be out. Uh, we didn't change our top eight, you know, just something we felt was, um, you know, as we look at losses and wins and different things like that, you know, we thought the top eight was pretty set um, and we kept it in, but you know, Pat, something to think about, and this is the hardest part and, and it always is hardest part, but especially this week, uh, the 20 through 25, and, and it's actually 20 through about 32 teams. Um, you know, you're going to see a team like, like an Oregon tech, uh, like in all of the Nazarenes was in our top 25 last week, uh, you know, or in our last poll, um, and they'll remain in this week, but, uh, you know, they weren't in the coaches poll. So you have teams like Oregon tech and all of it, Nazarene. And, um, uh, even, even an Alice Lloyd who just got a big home win, uh, then remain undefeated and they beat number 23, uh, West Virginia tech, you know, teams like that, that there's not a lot of room in the inside the top 25. So what do te- what do the coaches poll do, you know, with, with teams like that? And, and I imagine you're going to see a team or two that, is very, very deserving, and they're not going to get in. Right, yeah. Well, you think about a team like all of that who has just kind of run through the CCAC all season long and really still isn't probably getting the respect they deserve. And so, you know, I think obviously teams want the rankings. The rankings are important, but what really matters is wins, right? And if you're going to win your league, you're going to win games down the stretch, and then you're going to win your way into the national tournament. So, yeah, I think it's important, like, those rankings of 20 through 25 obviously are important. But if you're on the outside looking in, yes, you feel a little bit disrespected, but I'd also just channel that and use it as a little motivation. So for teams like that that are just outside, I think as, as the widening of the field goes, you know, this year, they still have an opportunity to make it, obviously. And so if they can just get their way in and then they can really prove that, you know, once they make it into the the 64, that they deserve to be in the 25. You know what I mean? So everything matters on the court, right? The rankings are what they are. You can't control them. Players can't control them. So you got to get it on the court. You got to win games and show that you can be able to be there. Well, I think that's a just a great point that you brought up is that, you know, what matters is the field of 64. And, and 
yeah, rankings matter. Maybe the more so to the fans and things like that. And, it, and eventually it'll mean, you know, something for seeding too. But the top 25 is actually not supposed to be used for seeding. It's a, uh, if you look at the ARC page and we'll go more in that here shortly, but uh, you know, it's, it's supposed to be more focused on the bigger picture. You know, the top 25 is just supposed to be a, a guiding point through the season. And then looking at the RC and moving on, Pat, to, uh, I didn't want to touch base a little bit about this. Um, so the area, I'm sorry, the ARC um, is just another area voting perspective. And that's the easiest way to describe it. And, uh, you know, while the top 25, you have your, your raider, your conference raider who goes in and, you know, fights for the top 25 and it, puts out the top 25 votes. Um, the, the ARC is a little bit different. So the ARC has a chair and it's usually different than the actual conference voter or conference raider. And uh, there's three teams, sometimes four in the, each arc. And uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, as we look at the arc ratings that came out for the first time uh, last week here, you know, for the most part, it's, it's pretty similar to the top 25, but then you see a couple of surprises in there. Yeah, I think the one thing that really, really stuck out to me as I looked at this was was Jamestown and how far, how far down they were in the North Central region. Um, I just I I was surprised to see them a little bit down. I know that they've been a little bit up and down the last few weeks, but I think they deserve probably to be a little bit higher. But as you said, these are just rankings. This is kind of just a, a starting point as we move deeper into postseason play. But I'll tell you what, you just kind of look at this and you look at the Southeast region. And you think, man, like, thank God. If you're a team that's not in that region, you're like, thank God I'm not in that region, right? Or I don't play in that area. Because that that team that area is just loaded with teams. But not a whole lot. Um, kind of really, really surprised. I think St. Francis, obviously, as I said earlier, will play their way a little bit higher as we move deeper into the season. A full, you know, month and a half before – you know, these really come into play and, and you'll see some teams play themselves up, but yeah, that's Southeast uh, bracket and, and going to just kind of the setup of the, of the national tournament too, you know, last year. So the national tournament is not supposed to be actual like regionalized. So like, you know, they're supposed to seed you and then kind of wherever, you know, you end up, you're supposed to go play at. And, and uh, while we saw a little bit of crisscrossing last year from, you know, like we, we saw some teams from, uh, you know, LSU Shreveport, came up to Omaha and, and you had Morningside go out to Kentucky and you had, you know, I was just off the top of my head, you know, those are the two uh, prominent ones, but you know, you want, you got to figure out in this field of 64 this year on kind of what's going to happen with teams and, and where they're going to be placed. And if, if we see a lot of these Southeast teams match up before Kansas city, who watch out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think it's interesting. Like you, you'll see some of those teams within leagues, that really are, are familiar with each other. Like last year, I remember Wesleyan played Marion early in the, in the tournament, right? And so I think it's it's always just it, it kind of stinks because you see these guys over and over. But it's always just it's always fun to see those teams go against one another. Yeah, yeah. From a fan's perspective, it's gonna be fun because there's just so many great matchups. And um, <laughs> you, you know, we even talked about uh, even the West is gonna be gonna be interesting. You know, we talked about Jessup already and Hope International. Um, you know, you got a team that, you know, right now, if you look at the top 25, you know, you got number four, William Jessup, you know, you had number uh, six, Carroll, and then you had number 18, Hope International, and then you have uh, number eight, Arizona Christian sitting there in fourth. And then, you know, you have College of Idaho team, which is coming off a big uh, win against Oregon Tech. And, uh, you know, <laughs> they're sitting right now in that sixth hole 
uh, clear out uh, in West and, and they're a top 13 team, you know? So, uh, you know, yeah. it's just a, just a team or just a, it's unique to see the different regions and, and kind of who's all in them um, and, and going to be interesting to see kind of, you know, we talk about, you know, maybe leagues getting four or five teams in, but now what do you do with some of these, uh, you know, ARCs uh, and, and, you know, how deep does, you know, does one, one ARC get, you know, 10 teams in or, or 11 it doesn't mean that the top 10 team in every league is going to get in, you know, uh, you know, since there's six, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yes. Yeah, so there's six, uh, regions, you know, it's not like 10 from every league is going to get in and then you'll have four extras, you know, I mean, this will be, uh, something that they'll use and you may see, you know, 12 or 13 from one region. You may see, you know, seven from another. We, we, we don't know that kind of stuff, but that's kind of how it worked out last year. Right. Yeah. And then I don't know, like we were saying, it's all just about playing, right. And if you can perform on the court and you can show that you belong in the national tournament, you're going to get in, right, for the most part. Obviously, the 65th team is going to be disappointed. But I think, you know, you can't read too far into these so early, you know, right when they come out. We keep saying it's a starting point. It's a starting point. If you want to earn the respect, you know, of the voters, continue to perform. right? And that's all that it really comes down to. But I don't know. It, it sure is interesting seeing how some of these teams are ranked. So. We'll see how it plays out. I'm sure, you know, week over week, there's going to be tons and tons of shuffling uh, within the region. So excited to see, excited to debate it, you know, excited to get worked up over who's the sixth team in the West or who's the yeah. team in the Midwest. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. And, you know, I, I'll uh, stop the, the conversation on this point because it's a, uh, it's something we'd also could make a whole probably whole week worth of show. <laughs> we could do all seven days of the week and, and talk only about the ARC and the national tournament. But uh you know, there, there was a good point I read the other day about the about the NCAA tournament, and uh, you know they're they're talking about shifting uh, to you know maybe some of their uh, their uh, rules on on how teams get in and and playing to you know because I understand putting the top sixty four teams in. You know, I understand you want the best sixty four teams, and and with the NEI with all the the NEI has a lot more automatic bids in the NCAA tournament, so you're not going to get you know full true top 64 teams it's never the way it's going to be but you know it's also one of those things where yeah you want the best 64 teams but also like how great is it those cinderella stories you know and you don't you know if you if you don't have some of these automatic bids some of these teams aren't going to get in the tournament and you're not going to have the upsets you're not going to have the Bethels from last year that that made the deep run you know and and uh, you're going to see those cinderella teams every year and, and it does suck you know and when kids, uh, you know, maybe have, have a big time year and, and they, they have one bad game and they lose in the, the first round of a team that, you know, they shouldn't lose to, but you know, that's what the tournament is about. And, that, and that's what this time of year, well, not this time of year, but March, you know, it's all about. And, uh, I, I, I would hate to see some of that go away because, you know, it, it is such a, you know, even when you get to the NEA, when you get to Kansas city, okay. And, and it was a little bit different before when the tournament was when all 32 teams, you know, were there, but now it's just the final 16 and, but when when you have teams playing in NEI, you know you have your fan fans there. Except for last year, you know it was a little bit different because of COVID. But when it's a packed stadium or a packed area, you know, and um, you know you have your general fans there as well. And you know who they back when they're there, Pat? The underdogs. The underdogs, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you know, like it's it just gives them something to to, to cheer for. And uh, yeah, you know, you always like, and you know, you always seem like the 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 real, you know, the national champions are always deserving. And, you know, you saw a Shawnee state team, you know, rifle off, I think 27 straight on their way to the national tournament or national championship last year. Um, 
just not to go away from that real quick, but uh, just to add in here with Shawnee State, the uh, they just added three games ago uh, the the NEI uh, national championship MVP uh, and James jo- James Jones. Uh, he he came back and is playing for them now. So you know maybe maybe they get going a little bit too, but. You know, Shawnee State last year got red hot, and I thought the teams that were in the Fab Four last year were were teams very deserving. So I don't want to say that you know Cinderella stories last all the way that long. You usually get pretty good teams down there, but uh, it, the Cinderella teams are what make uh, make the tournament fun. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what that's what college basketball is known for, no matter the level. So yeah, you always want to see the underdog prevail, right? It's always fun, but. I think you said it at, at the end of the day, you really, really want to see good quality basketball. And you're going to see that, you know, from top to bottom and the good teams will always find a way, no matter how difficult it is, no matter what the draw is, the, the best team will always come through. Yeah. Usually that's the way it works out. And, um, you know, speaking of really good teams, uh, Pat, we got some, we got another big week of games. Well, and, and I hope I'm not stealing your uh, mojo here. Cause I'm going to jump into uh, uh, we got a good one tonight, you know, and, and uh, number we're we're going to give the rankings as they currently are, but uh, you know, number seventeen Georgetown, number ten uh, Thomas Moore. Thomas Moore's got to go to Georgetown tonight. Uh, top twenty-five matchup. I'm excited for this game because I think Georgetown. Uh, you, you talk about tradition. You talk about powerhouse. Um, you know, they're a team that uh, if they're seventeenth, I, I think we had them at fourteenth in the last poll, and, and they're going to be inside of our top ten today, as you can see. But uh, uh, man, this Georgetown Tigers team. They're they're so. Coach Briggs is one of the best coaches in the country. Um, they've, they've won uh, a few national titles here in the last five years. Um, they they are playing some great, great basketball right now. And they're a team that is starting to find their mojo, starting to find their, their feel a little bit, and they're a team to watch out. And this Thomas Moore team uh, coming in as another top-10 team, um, man, this is going to be a great battle tonight. Yeah, I mean, a, a top-10 or whatever, top-20 matchup late in the season – you really can't beat it. And I'll tell you what I'm interested to see is I'm, I'm interested to see, we, we talked about all of that earlier. Can anyone in the CCAC knock off all of that? Who can, who can step up and give all of that a test, right? I know they dropped maybe a couple early in the season conference games, but they've really got it rolling. They're, they're hot as can be. And I'm interested to see, um, you know, on paper, they don't have very tough matchups this week, but, We'll see what if anybody can come through. But, of course, Tuesday night, Grace goes to Marion, which is just an awesome crossroads matchup. So excited to see that one. And then Coach touched on earlier, LSU Shreveport at LSU Alexandra. So a good showdown there. Yeah, that, that's always a great game. It's, it's a, Especially those two teams have been top, you know, top ten usually when they battle out. Uh, um, this year, uh, or this week, it'll be a little bit different as, as Shreveport uh, struggled a little bit early on the year, but they're play, starting to find uh, find their uh, their way a little bit. And if, if they can, I'm telling you right now, if they can start clicking and they make that field 64, um, they're going to be the team that, that you don't want to play because that team is super, super talented. Um, but yes, great games all week long. Um, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to talk about a little bit because, um, you know, we alluded to a little bit that we were going to have maybe a new number one um, team in the country. Um, and they haven't been playing great basketball. So I'm going to talk about William Penn a little bit in their week. So look at their schedule right now. They On Wednesday, they got to go to Peru State, which is – I don't know how long of a, 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 a travel that is, but look at the map. I mean, it's from the east side of Iowa all the way uh, past Omaha in Nebraska. So they got a long trip on Wednesday. Uh, Peru State's a team that we've talked a lot about. 
um, just about, you know, I think that they're better than what the record shows. Uh, they're, they've been pretty good at home this year. Um, and then even if they get through Peru State on Wednesday, then they got to go, I imagine they come home, and then they go back to uh, Evangel down in Missouri, uh, southern Missouri, um, and they got to make a long, another long road trip uh, on Saturday. So, you know, they're coming off a week where they played three games. That's never, never an easy thing to do. Um, but now, you know, they, have, they don't get a rest because they're going to have to take two long road trips uh, in the same week. And even if they're number one uh, in the country on Wednesday uh, when the new rankings come out, uh, you, you may see a, a number one go down this week because I'm telling you right now, that, that does not look like a, a two – those do not look like a two fun trips to make, make back-to-back. Right, yeah. And the one thing they can lean on is they're an old team, right? They're a senior-led team, Kamari Newman. Uh, Blaylock, those guys are, are guys that can, you know, kind of steer the ship. And you got to lean on those guys on trips like that where it's like, okay, we got to focus. We are we obviously received this ranking. We talked earlier that rankings don't really matter, but they matter to the players, right? And it's you want to maintain this. You want to prove that you earned this. You want to prove that you deserve this. So let's go in. Let's get on this bus. Let's take care of business and get home. Yeah, and, and they've they've been a top ten team, so they're used to it. I don't know that number one will affect them much, other than the fact that they do have to go on the road. And um, I, I know you probably have have another one, but I'm gonna throw another one out for you because I'm I'm very very interested. There's an IU Kokomo team um, that's playing some great basketball right now as well. I believe they won nine yep. straight right now. Um, and and you got a West Virginia Tech team that is coming off the lo- the tough loss. Uh, they they uh, I don't know if you watched the game or not, but. Uh, Alice Lloyd got a tip in with about seven seconds left, and West Virginia Tech came down and missed a layup. Um, just a heartbreaker. Um, they had won 14 straight going into that game. Um, and I'm just eager to see how the, they bounce back. You know, they're a tough-minded group. Um, they're still playing without uh, Tamon Scruggs, who, who's another player that's one of the best players in the country, um, All-American. Um, you know, I hope he, he comes back here soon. Uh, but I'm just eager to see, you know, you, you always are interested to see how teams respond to a loss, especially when you go on a long uh, long. Uh, win streak, and then you you take that first loss. How do you recover from that? Uh, and that is a game on Wednesday that uh, I, I'm eager to see and, and see what they do with it. Or sorry, on Thursday and see what they do with it. Right. Yeah. And I think you learn a lot about teams after a loss at this point in the season. Where if you're buying for conference tournament positioning or, or conference standings, or you know you got things on the line, and maybe you know just human nature takes over, and it's like ah, uh, now we're out of it. Right. Where it's like we can't afford to lose a game. So. But you can't give up. You never know what's going to happen. Like in, in these conference games, obviously we know anything can happen. So you got to continue to focus each and every game, no matter if you won the last one or lost, you know, the last one. The most important game, right? What is Tom Brady's thing? What's the most important game? The next game. You know what I mean? So, like, just continue to focus on the task at hand. Don't worry about the last game. Don't worry about what anybody else in the conference is doing. Just focus on your own game plan and your own matchup. Yeah, no doubt. And I know uh, I'll let you take that over because I know you want to talk a little bit about the, the Saturday matchup uh, with, with the hot St. Francis team traveling to Iowa to, for, for a big, uh, another big top 25 matchup on Saturday. Right. Yeah. And we talked last week about how hard it is to go to Wesleyan and steal one. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be just an absolute showdown. Can St. Francis find a way to slow down Maxwell? Maxwell's been playing some excellent basketball. You talk about big men in gross that are playing well. Maxwell is, is right there with him, who I think has kind of, I don't know, maybe been slept on a little bit over the course of the year just because Mangus isn't there and Wesleyan's not really getting the attention they deserve. But 
Cushingberry also for St. Francis has been playing, you know, back to the level that he was expected to play at. So excited to see that one Saturday. It's going to be a great one. You already know it's going to be a great one. So we'll see. I mean, can St. Francis keep it rolling? Let's hope. I don't. I always like to talk about little under the radar games, uh, uh, Pat, and, and I bring them up a little bit in our articles, uh, uh, or sometimes just on social media, because um, I, I like to I like to highlight some of these games because I think they're important to do that. But uh, there, there's a game, uh, you know, it, it, the AMC American Midwest Conference, uh, probably going to be a one bid league, uh, which is which is fine, you know, and uh, you know Missouri Baptist Missouri Baptist has looked really really good. Uh, they've they've won nine straight games in the league. Uh, you know, that home court in that league is going to be very, very important in the conference tournament because of that one bid. You know, uh, I don't really, you know, right now at this point, I'm looking at the strength schedule, RPI and stuff like that. You know, uh, even Missouri Baptist, who's played some good basketball lately, you know, if, if they lose in the conference tournament, you know, there's no guarantee they get in. Um, so, so having that home court advantage is going to be big for them. Um, but teams behind them, uh, you know, they just smashed the William Woods team. Uh, who was number two in their league this past weekend. So a little bit under the radar game, William Woods at Columbia on Saturday, uh, big rivalry. Um, you know, there's been some trash talking on online after the first game. Um, so, you know, just, just one of those games where to, to maybe circle a little bit, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a league that a lot, maybe not doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, doesn't get watched a lot by, by a lot of people around the country. Um, but in terms of, as, you know, rivalries go and, uh, heated exchanges go and just uh, uh, there's a lot more beneath the surface on this game. And I'm interested to see this, how this game plays out because uh, I feel like the, the, I don't want to say like they're going to fist fight or anything, but uh, tempers are, are flaring a little bit on this one. So it's just something to kind of uh, watch in that game on Saturday and see how it pans out. Yeah. Yeah. And the last one, Northwestern goes to Jamestown on Saturday. So obviously a batter battle, two tremendous big men, on the inside there. Um, so looking forward to that one um, as we wrap up the week. Yeah. Anytime you can get Mason Walters and, and Alex Van Kielsbeek uh, on the floor. Uh, I tell you what, the rebounds will be had in that one. Let me just tell you. Uh, so uh, fun one, to, fun one again. On Saturday. No offense to the shooters. <laughs> no offense to the shooters. We, 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 both teams can actually shoot the ball pretty well too, but uh, those two are just uh, such good, uh, you know, all Americans and, and both uh, will have a, uh, Probably G Pack. They both have a, a, a say in the G Pack uh, Player of the Year uh, this week. So, so good one to end on. Um, you know, Pat, as always, uh, you know, appreciate you coming on. It's always a, always good talking some NAIA hoops. Hopefully, we'll have some some more good games. And uh, other than that, uh, you know, it's uh, Pat and Junior signing off.